Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Across Time Zone. On this episode, we sit down with Alice, aka Curious Horology. Alice runs one of our very favorite accounts on Instagram thanks to her incredible photography and design sense. She's the head of photography and the woman behind Watch Gecko's amazing product photography, a UK-based online store that specializes in straps and watches. We talk about photography and her journey into watches. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Across the time zones. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Hey Alice, thanks for being with us. No problem, thanks for inviting me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Of course. <laughs> cool. Um, so, as we typically do on the show, we usually get started with a wrist and time check. Um, so Alice, you're our guest, why don't you get us started? Um, well, I'm wearing my Gakota GO2, um, and it's five past four now, so five past five now. Can't can't even tell the time, and I work for a watch business. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's pretty nice because I get to wear any samples that I want to wear from work. So the one I'm wearing today is actually a sample a prototype before our G2s were actually um, were actually made. So a little bit different for the ones that are online <laughs> yeah it's quite nice oh, that's fun. <laughs> so you're field testing watches yeah that's cool and where are you based right now uh i'm in the cotswolds in the uk sweet gmt cool gmt gmt yeah. like right on <laughs> <laughs> what about you max i'm a gmt plus two now uh, I'm actually in my closet recording, so I get rid of the echo. So I'm waiting for all the get out of closet jokes. And I'm uh, <laughs> I'm wearing probably the only watch I haven't worn on the podcast, my uh, IWC Portuguese or chronograph reference. I have no idea, like something like 31744, whatever, something like that. It's kind of like my avatar on um, on Instagram. So the, the actual blue, uh, sorry, blue, Jesus Christ, uh, black dial. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I'm so nervous. I forget my Instagram name. Jesus, you heard it here first. Max is the blue dial now. Uh, I wish, but it, it won't happen. Hopefully, I like it. It's got a ring to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually registered the white dial a while back. So if somebody wants to grab the white dial, it's gone. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and your team? I am wearing the uh, Nomos, the new Nomos Club Sport Neomatic on uh, their new bracelet. Jealous. And it is, <laughs> and it is nine o six in the morning here in California. I think right now it's GMT minus seven because of the daylight savings. Um, but yeah, this is fine. It's, this is a watch that I was very, very. Um, skeptical concerned about in a way <laughs> yeah like when we did the episode with zach you know I, I i shared a lot of concerns about nomos upsizing their watches to this size and you know putting a thousand feet on the dial and so on and so forth but i did say that i would reserve judgment until i get to actually put it on and it's pretty nice in person so, you know my favorite quirk yeah. of that watch it's um they so on the crown when you unscrew it they have um like the stem or some yes. the, the stem guard is uh, is red, so you always know if the crown is screwed in or not. So if you see the color, that means the the, the crown is screwed 
uh, is unscrewed, so it's not water resistant. I thought that was like very, yeah, very interesting idea. thinking. Yeah, it's a very clever little design choice for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I, I put a lot of my thoughts of uh, on the watch on my Instagram. So if anyone's interested, you know, head on over. Um, but cool. So why don't we get started? Um, Alice, I, I know a lot of our listeners know you, follow you, and as a matter of fact, requested for you to be on the show. Uh, <laughs> but for those who don't know you, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself? So I started watch photography um, about three years ago when I applied for my job at Watch Gecko. Um, we do Gekota watches. And I literally at the time, I didn't really know anything about watches um i purely started it just because of my love of photography and i guess it's kind of grown from there so i started my instagram account god a couple of years ago and it wasn't until i saw um i don't know pages like watch stylos dk and um taco and miles who kind of got me a bit more inspired of the watch photography trade i guess um so yeah since then i've been working on my watch photography and then i started doing that uh, well i became the head of photography at watch gecko which is quite nice so i've got a studio there and all my work is done in that studio um and i work work alongside another another colleague who does a bit of photography as well so it's nice that we can always bounce ideas off each other that's great yeah <laughs> and so you so you you focus uh, exclusively on watch gecko uh, products right so watches and straps and yeah so i mean we get in a lot of other watches that uh, the lads at work would like to review um, which is always nice for me because it's nice just to have different watches coming in and it just changes up a bit you know you photograph the same watch day in day out tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it can get a little repetitive and i think setups and things like that can get a little difficult trying to figure out how you make how you make it more exciting from the last um so yeah we do have a, a variation of watches um i think our kind of collection of Tudors is growing quite nicely, which I enjoy because they're some of my favorites to photograph. <laughs> why? Um, but yeah, so why? Just because of the case, uh, which doesn't uh, reflect anything. It's so easy to do. I guess so. And I think it was one of those watches that it was one of the first watches that I saw. And I actually thought, wow, I really like this watch. It was the, the Black Bay. And then they released the Black Bay 58. And I was even more <laughs> just in love with it really um yeah it's just simple so we're currently two to one uh you two are fans of the 58 and uh i'm sticking to the to the og yeah <laughs> actually not the og because it's not the eta version but it it's like the regular 41 millimeter black bay yeah yeah i can't do that that's too big too thick the 58 is just perfect plus on a nato it, it's huge that's what she said i always thought that like wearing bigger watches because i'm i mean my wrists aren't the biggest so i always thought that it just looked stupid on me but i think more and more now women are starting to wear bigger watches and it's just becoming a bit more i don't know i don't really care if it's <laughs> if it's that big if i like it i like it you know yeah absolutely that's i mean 
It's funny. I look at, you know, Ellen, for example. She's Ellen the Generous. Yeah. She is, uh, <laughs> she's pretty, I think, famous for her love for, for Rolex and specifically Daytonas, but um, she has a tiny, tiny wrist. And so Daytonas look massive on her. And then I, if I, if I, and it looks amazing, sorry, it looks massive, mm. but it at the same time looks amazing on her. Uh, but if I put a watch on my wrist that looks that big on me, I just can't do it. So I love, I love it on other people. I just can't do it personally. <laughs> don't be, don't be self-conscious. It's, um, it, yeah. it no, I, I just don't enjoy it personally. I like watches oh. that are like 38 to 40 millimeters at the most, you know, I've, I found my, my sweet spot make big watches great again <laughs> <laughs> i think it's just how chunky they are yeah the chunkiness for me is is always the downfall yeah that's true actually i i i don't mind a bigger watch if it's thin yeah like this nomos is actually 42 millimeters but it's really really thin so it works but if it was chunky and big it wouldn't work like a ap offshore yeah I actually like those ones. Yeah. Uh, for some reason. I don't know why. I'd, I'd probably pick one up over the regular Royal Oak. And now all the purists are like, no, no, no. That's funny. But I want to a uh, 1159. Uh, that's the new one. Yeah, I think somebody actually DM'd me. I had some shot of, I don't know, a G-Shock or something and DM'd me like, oh, is that the new 1159? I was like, what? <laughs> is that a joke or not? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> Might be the whiskey, though. <laughs> yeah, blame it on the whiskey. Always. My entire life is, is just, <laughs> I'm just blaming it on whiskey. All my bad choices, actually all my normal, regular choices, which turn out to be bad. Like, do I wake up in the morning? Yeah, bad choice. Yeah, good good choices out there. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, enough about me. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) So, Alice, you mentioned um, photography brought you to watches, right? Through this this job at WatchGecko. Yeah. Um, You applied for the job knowing that it was about watches and... Watches, as, as we all know, are, are a tricky subject to photograph. Had, had yeah. you had any experience with that going into this, this job or did you learn as you went? Not at all. I learned it on the job, basically. So because when I started, the watches was a really small part of the company. Um, it was mainly just working on straps and, you know, doing the white backgrounds and occasional lifestyle. It wasn't doing much for Instagram or social media. So I guess I had a good amount of time to practice and what worked and what didn't work. Um, and <laughs> so my my other form of photography that I, my hobby is figure photography. So I set up figurines and settings and, and toys and things like that and photograph them to try and make them look like they're in a real life situation. Oh, very so, cool. so going into it, I think all of my images came across really girly. And I couldn't, I couldn't kind of grasp how to make a, a photo look more manly or more appealing to men because that's that's the whole kind of watch industry, I guess. It's very, it's seen as a very manly um, world. So that was a bit of a struggle. Um, 
yeah, I guess the, the, the team I work with has been so supportive and, um, Ben, another guy who I work with, he's just pushed me and pushed me to really help me kind of stay on track with my photography and show me what the brand is about. And so, yeah, it's really helped. <laughs> so, so you had previous uh, photography experience, so you, you weren't like learning photography from, from the ground up. Yeah, basically just as a as a hobby. Um, I never really because before before I do, worked in watch photography, I was working in palliative care. So it was only on the side really that I'd go out and take photos and practice as much as I could really, just because I enjoyed it so much. And then the job opportunity popped up at Watch Gecko, and I just thought, you know, why not try and push for something that I really love doing? So. And I think it shows that you love it. Thank you. <laughs> How do you go about uh, photographing? What's your process like? You you get a new strap or a new watch. How, how do you go about it? So at work, one of the team members will let me know that something new is in stock. Uh, normally with the watches, I'm kind of prepared that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be here. So we'll have samples, and depending how much the samples change from what we're actually selling, um, I can. I tend to just photograph them and edit them when the watches come in just to make those tiny changes on the details and things like that. Uh, so I have a bit of time to prepare before any stock is actually in stock and needs to be on the website. It gives me a lot of time to, to kind of, I don't know, try and get the best quality images that we can and, and things like colour, you know, it's everybody's monitors are different, everybody's screens are different, whether you're on a phone or computer so it's trying to match those colors to make sure that <laughs> it's representative of the actual product that we get in stock but yeah i found it i found it really difficult to begin with but i think i've i've come to a, an area where i'm feeling a bit more grounded with it um so once stock comes in i have a studio and we've just got literally we've just got continuous lighting in there just some interfit um soft boxes and i i'll just I tend to set up the image um, and then just keep looking back and forth from my camera, moving props around, moving lighting around just to get it to how I kind of imagine the image. And I think, I think you're, you're probably one of, of the best, if not the best, um, at, at, the, at just that, the props and the setups. <laughs> it always looks like you're, you're on a boat somewhere, you know. <laughs> pulling the rope together or in the middle of a forest but really now we found out that you're always just in the studio <laughs> yeah so all studio i mean we take we take rest shots outside uh when the sun's out it's quite nice to to try and get some of that actual kind of sun color in there um but yeah it's all i tend to stick prop wise i do tend to stick with very natural resources so I use a lot of kind of like, I have a collection of leaves that I've held on to since autumn just because they seem to work really well in images or, you know, just natural woods, leathers, things like that. And especially now we're growing our leather good range at Watch Gecko. Um, it's good to kind of like stick leather products in there. So yeah, that's awesome. I was, I was just looking through your account again and it's, yeah, it's, I see the leaves you're referring to, and sometimes there, there's what looks there's what looks like rocks. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything I find outside, just put into a bag, take to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I, I think my desk at the moment, actually, I've left it a bit covered in um, we there's been like building work going on outside so a load of trees have been cut down and i've just got loads of wood left on my desk to dry out That's funny. <laughs> it's a bit of a mess but um yeah i just find that it's it, natural products really work you know and um it helps keep images kind of clean in a way. Yeah, and I guess um, that's that's mostly the products and textures and materials that people encounter in their life as they're wearing the watches and so it's yeah. almost like a representation of what they would see. Yeah. You know, in their day-to-day. I think also it works because it can these kind of props can be used if we want to do. So we're looking at, at developing our women's range of watch straps at the moment and hopefully watches. Um and it means that I can keep that kind of style going, whether it's an image mainly focused for the male audience or for the female audience. We can still use the same kind of earthy um, props to get our brand image, I guess. Yeah, it works really well, for sure. <laughs> That's so cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, are you a uh, Canon, Nikon, uh, Canon. Fuji? Canon. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's a big, I don't know, there's a big fight always between Canon and Nikon. And that, honestly, I've tried both. And I think if you if you put enough effort into it, it doesn't really matter what you're using. So at work, I use a, a Canon 700D. And I get a little bit of criticism sometimes when people ask me what camera I use because they say, oh, you know, it's a really, it's a really old crap camera. I think, well... It works for me. It works. So. Yeah, it's never about the camera, right? Just how you use it. Yeah. I mean, whatever works. Yeah, yes. I guess. And that and lenses. I always find that the lens is more important than the actual camera body. You know, if you've got that, that really, really good glass and a lens, then it's obviously going to help. But I think, I think you need to have some creativity. So when I was growing up, I was always drawing or... I was really into artwork, you know, so I grew up very creative. Um, I think that probably helped where I am today in photography. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, photography is just drawing with light. Right? However cliche that may sound, that is what it is. You have a yeah an object in front of you and it's like about how, how you <laughs> use light and reflections and shadows and to shape it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, who said that? I think some yeah, famous guy. On me. <laughs> you're famous you're famous you're good you. i'll quote i'll Brilliant. quote it as you if i ever use Perfect. it Let, let's make that <laughs> no, you know that guy ot who runs that super successful you podcast <laughs> you, you probably heard of it <laughs> all credit goes to you <laughs> i'm currently looking it up because i gotta give credit where it's <laughs> <laughs> no we, it, it's you you said it Oh. <laughs> I'll find it. So you referred to that's probably it's probably some mid-century whatever yeah. guy who nobody heard yeah. of, and he's probably one of the most famous uh, most famous <laughs> photographers out there. But yeah, who cares? It's pretty when you think about yeah. it. It's pretty amazing how some of some of the best photographers in history are aren't really known by anyone. You know, their work may be known, but them as a person and as an artist aren't. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I guess especially if you do work for a company, then your name's not kind of mm -hmm. your name's not branded on every image or 
you know so to to know who actually does the photography behind a brand or a company can be really difficult to find sometimes so yeah i'm pretty sure the bigger brands all do cgi like i don't imagine for yeah. like the uh <laughs> those um, videos or um whatever it is like super catalog images i don't think brands like rolex omega and like all the big ones do any photography mm. at all probably for lifestyle shots yeah, it's all maybe but i um I think for just product shots, like on white background, I think they're all CGI because the lighting is perfect on everything and they don't get any reflections. They don't get anything. It's like literally generated from a 3D software and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've we've recently, um, I say recently, he's one of our newest members, um, but Greg at work and he does a phenomenal job of of kind of rendering up watches and they just look it's insane and he's just started it all since he worked for the company and how how realistic he can get you know even putting like fingerprints onto onto the metal and things like that it's just <laughs> blows my Damn. mind so, <laughs> so I, I would imagine like in two years time you browse instagram you end up at one account and then you realize after like following that account for six months that all the shots are actually cgi and there's no photography involved at all yeah <laughs> uh it's uh it's getting rid of the art of photography i guess as well which is a little bit scary to know that photography is kind of i don't know disappearing in a way it it is and it it's not it's uh this is a paradox i think and it's uh it's all it all comes down to cell phones and i think cell phones uh are kind of like enabling photography and also at the same time kind of like destroying photography because um before like think film think uh like complicated setups and complicated ways to like get the actual image like um, shooting uh, processing developing the film and so on uh, there were a handful of people willing to like just deal with that kind of stuff like you had to be very into that sort of thing it's not like oh i'm just picking up a hobby and uh i don't learn to develop like whatever it is yeah but now you get a cell phone and everybody can uh get into photography and i think that the problem is that uh people don't necessarily learn uh not not the basics but um kind of like the meaning behind photography itself, like what's a composition, what's a good composition, like. Yeah, but you um, know, um, I agree with you in a way, but it's it's nothing, phones aren't doing anything that hadn't happened in the past. You know, you, you talk about film and developing and things like that, but you know, I remember growing up, there was the, the advent of disposable cameras, right? You true. pick up a camera you don't know what you're doing it's all automatic it has a flash built in if that triggers itself when the exposure is too low or whatever and um yeah you drop it off at the at the store and you pick it up a few days later and you have your photos so i think i think that always existed people that capture used photography as a way to capture moments and Mm -hmm. and and i hope that that stays you know because that's how we document history that's how we document our day-to-day but at the same time yeah i think it's a it's a change in scale so there were those disposable cameras there were cameras around you could buy a old zenit you could buy whatever it is like 
they were cheap cameras, like cheap in the sense affordable. That's probably the, mm. the best word. So you didn't have to buy Hasselblads and Leicas and all that kind of stuff. But it's um, it, the scale now is like every person has a camera. Before you had to had some sort of a, not necessarily passion, but you had to be uh, into like, oh, I want to capture the moment. I'll get a camera. So it was a very a conscious decision to go out and get a camera, whatever camera it was disposable or not but now you got the camera in your pocket and it's uh it's not necessarily you don't have to think about it anymore just pull out the phone and just snap whatever it is food travel see i really really dislike the 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 whole phone camera thing because i think it really takes away from a photographer's job so I mean, whenever I do events with Nintendo or things like that, half the photos when I go through them afterwards, are, it's just people on their phones all the time, you know? And no, it seems like nobody ever lives in that moment because they're just spending their whole time, which is great mm-hmm. to document the moment. And I understand that completely, but just, I don't know. I think there's something about just living the moment. And when I get the chance to just put down a camera and actually experience something, that to me is a lot nicer than just sitting on my phone trying to make sure I've got everything recorded so I can watch it back or <laughs> yeah I agree with you on that specifically for concerts you go to a concert nowadays and you have people oh, that yeah. are literally recording the entire thing on their phone yeah <laughs> or food yeah you go to a restaurant and before people start eating they have to snap everyone's a food photographer food. and it's <laughs> yeah I mean everybody everybody I'm guilty of that as well and I, I sometimes do it but it's uh it's it's annoying it's it's not i don't it's capturing the moment really it's i don't do it because it's oh this is photography it's literally this is what i'm eating right now yeah (laughs) and i I think that changed that changed i think the purpose the scope of photography kind of shifted from uh art to uh capturing moments like uh, events news that kind of stuff and then it shifted towards capture everything like it doesn't even matter you you have access you you have technology you can shoot whatever it is whatever your phone holds like one terabyte yeah. of images to just go wild shoot whatever you want record an entire concert yeah and you know to to to, to look at the silver lining i i I hope what it what it is doing too is just introducing people to photography. You know, like there's people out there that have an amazing eye for composition and they don't even realize it. And so hopefully um, taking those photographs and posting them on things like Instagram and getting good feedback pushes them to, to actually pick up a camera. Yeah. Because you never know. You know, there's that, that famous nanny. I want to say it was in Brooklyn. What was her name? She used to, um, just an amazing documentary about her, but she used to, um, every day on her lunch break, go out and take uh, street photography, Vivian Meyer. Okay. And sorry, sorry, she was in Chicago, not Brooklyn. Um, and every day she used to go out on her lunch break with her camera and take photographs and she never shared them with anyone. And they recently, I think it was about six years ago or so discovered these boxes and boxes of incredible street photography that she had taken and developed and just stored away um so you know if if had she gotten feedback and popularity at that time would she have become a more prolific Hmm. 
photographer that would have you know stopped being a nanny and actually gone down that path it's a it's a big big metaphor in comparison mm. you know nobody um it's not i don't i mean i don't think there's might be people out there but uh but i'm just saying hopefully it makes people pick up a camera i think that's the nicest part as well of of being a photographer is that to, to get a message from from anybody just saying wow i love this shot or you've inspired me to to take a shot similar it's probably one of the nicest feelings you know and it doesn't matter how like small their their page is whether they've just started instagram or, or you know anything like this it's just it's just a nice thing that actually your work has inspired somebody else to get into 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 the creative industry really I typically love that. Uh, what camera are you using? Question. That that's my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we discussed <laughs> it with Ty as well, but it's uh, that's my favorite one. Oh, what lens yeah. are you using? What yeah. does it matter? Like, and then people say, "Oh, I'm gonna go out and buy it." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. well." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's always so funny because I I I'm guilty of that myself because I um. I was looking at, say, a setup. One guy, one photographer has one camera, one lens, and then I end up getting the same setup. And I'm, but my images don't look the same. His, hers <laughs> images are better than mine. Why? And it's yeah, it's the way you use it. And I, I, I come, ac I came across a uh, a quote which I liked a lot. And uh, it went something like, uh, "The best camera isn't the one you have with you. Is uh, the best camera is the one you master." Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I think that's pretty much uh, to put an end mm. to uh, like equipment, gear, talk, whatever. I said the same the same sort of thing to somebody the other day that it's sort of like a a you know a musician and they get used to their own guitar and they feel more comfortable using their own guitar over something that could be I don't know five thousand pounds more than what they actually have you know and because they know they know their strings inside and out and they know their guitar a bit more so I think if you just like if you have a passion for something you'll you do push yourself to to learn with no matter what you're using whether you're using a phone or you know a dslr it doesn't really matter or a leica <laughs> there we go again <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man i'll honestly pick up a leica one day j just to put an end to it i will too <laughs> i mean i could have i could have bought a leica q2 now before switching to sony like seriously with all the glass i have now for sony <laughs> Uh, I could have picked up the Leica, but screw that. <laughs> uh, that sounded so arrogant. Yeah. Fuck me. Oh, <laughs> back to coffee. So back to back to uh, our watches, actually, or things related to watches, so that we don't lose our entire audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You mentioned Watch Gecko earlier. You mentioned uh, straps and watches, and then an upcoming um, women's line. Can you tell us a little bit more about Watch Gecko for those who aren't familiar with the brand? Yeah. So uh, basically, my boss he just started it um, at home with an eBay account in 2010, and I think it was roughly around 2012 where he kind of started selling things under Watch Gecko. Um, and he's just he's just always had a love of watches and anything to do with horology. Um, so he started off selling straps and 
the, it's been probably the past couple of years where we've really focused on trying to push our, our watches out there under Kokota. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's a really fun place to work because there's just so many, so much going on all the time. It's really nice that I can, you know, I can have a say towards some of the, the watch designs or, or watch Ben as he's designing watches and things like that. Um, and then if, if I have ideas for, I don't know, new straps that we might want to make, um, I can always kind of like mock them up on Photoshop and things like that. And it's great because we can put them out there on Instagram to see how many people would actually like that product to be made. So it gives us that idea if that product's going to sell well or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're only really a small team. I think there's about 14 or 15 of us in total, or maybe a bit more. Um, and it just, it, it just works really well. So about a year and a half ago, my boss bought our own, our own offices. So we're in our own building, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, it's just, it's like a big family really. So <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, are you like, uh, or do you plan on being involved in designing watches? Like, is is that something you would do at some point? You want to do at some point? Um, I guess I I don't know really. I mean, I love I love the photography side of things, um, and I love being able to kind of watch the design in progress. And you know, people ask me what my opinions are of things, and I can say, oh well, I kind of I don't like this part, or maybe I would change that. But I guess at the end of the day, it's all very opinionated on, especially with, you know, watches, you either like something or you don't. Um, so maybe, <laughs> but for now I'll stick with photography and try and try and build on that. Cool. I have to admit, <laughs> I would, I would design a watch at some point. I actually find myself just playing around in like Photoshop and some other sketch apps, just trying things out. Like OT's logo was kind of like based off one sketch. That is true. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've never showed it to anyone, but he made me a watch with my logo as the dial. It's awesome. I'm kidding. No, no, no. Although that would be nice, Max. Get on it. I have to talk to my friends at Rolex because, you know, <laughs> it's probably, it probably needs to be a Rolex. <laughs> Some vintage. That's the stuff. only bridge you haven't burned. Uh, which I probably won't burn <laughs> for, I don't know, for reasons. For, let's say, um, Instagram engagement reasons. That's funny. I think when it comes to kind of like designing watches, if I, I would probably design something and think, oh my God, I love this watch. We should make this. And then the lads would come over and say, mm, maybe. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, I don't know if that's just because it is more of like I've got that feminine look on things and and you know um one of the guys at works who wears a date dress and I absolutely love it because I see it as a perfect watch for for women really I think the size I agree how clean and crisp it is but I mean he loves it too and that's fine you know <laughs> I mean you're planning on getting a uh, women's line so you never know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that should be quite soon. So things are in development. So if anybody at Watch Gecko is listening, I'll get Alice to design her own watch. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> It'll be a disaster. <laughs> no, 
If, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. If everyone liked everything, it'd be really boring. So it's cool to have a different, fresh perspective on things. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, of, of watches and, and Rolex, you, you mentioned earlier Tudor is a brand that you uh, you like more and more. Do you have a favorite one? You, you touched on the 58. Oh. Is that your favorite? It was until we got the GMT. I think the, the BB GMT is is now which i think actually shows on my feed because i've been posting it quite a lot um but that's slowly becoming probably my favorite yeah i mean i would love a uh, an explorer too i think if i could have any watch <laughs> i would have the polar so oh that's that's yeah. one of my very favorites yeah oh which reference uh five digits uh, six the, digits is it one six five seven oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 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 That's the one I'd have. <laughs> Everybody's picking up on those. Why? I have no idea. I, I think it's um it was a watch that for a long time was I'm not gonna use the word undervalued because at the price that it is, it's <laughs> definitely not it's definitely not little money. Uh but it, compared to other Let's say, so let's say compared to the Rolex GMT, the 16710, it has the same movement, offers the same functionality, but yet the Rolex GMT doubled in price compared to the Polar or the Black variant for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think people are just now realizing, wait, why did we miss this? Or now that I can't or don't want to pay that much money for a uh, 16 7 10 why don't i look at a polar because i get the same functionality uh, with the gmt hand that is and so um i think that's why you're seeing a lot of people picking it up and then the more people pick it up the more it gets posted on instagram the more it gets posted on instagram the more people want it etc cetera, etc cetera. i think i my love of it is because of is it the watch dude too yeah he posts he posts photos of it all yeah, the time uh, alan's Basically, the ambassador for that watch. <laughs> oh, and every time I see a photo that he's posted of that watch, I just more and more I just want it. So, <laughs> Alan, if you're listening, you need to fly down and give Alice your watch. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> no, he knows that. I've let him know several times that he needs to give it to me. <laughs> Are you, um, are you part of any any meetup groups or anything like that, or do you, do you leave watches at work and you don't typically have them be part of your life outside of photography? Um, mainly, it's all left at work, I guess. Um, I get to go to events through work, which is quite nice. So there's been like Facebook divers events uh, in London most of the time, and we're starting to actually host more events ourselves. Um, we had one which i i couldn't make which was oh god a few months ago um and we're currently planning another uh gakota event hopefully within the next month or two so quite exciting when it's when it's our own event um but no i think i, I tend to just leave it at work because otherwise i get but i get back into work and i think oh god my whole weekend has been just focusing on watches and then you kind of got to get back into the swing of of more watches and i mean some people absolutely love it and <laughs> um 
but I think my knowledge on watches is definitely just growing more and more, which is always nice. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's interesting also to like all the people you get to meet in these events. You know, watches bring people together from all places and industries and jobs, and and it's just fun to to meet people you don't get to you wouldn't necessarily get to meet otherwise. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think most of the time it just makes me laugh at events because there's there's always a lot of guys with their wives and you can see their wives sitting there thinking, when can we go home? <laughs> and you'll see groups of guys just really into it, you know, passing around watches and, and taking photos of each each other's watches and things like that. So, um, but it's just that atmosphere at these kind of events, you know. I, I mean, I've seen a lot about red bar events, but I haven't been to any of myself. Um, but the lads at work, when they go to a red bar, they always say that, it's just great being able to, to meet like-minded people, you know, and see a watch that you might think you, you would never actually see in person. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think that's kind of like the, um, the fun of those events, like meeting people and, uh, seeing all the crazy stuff they bring, they bring with them. And you, you could see everything from like the basic, whatever it is, Rolex Batman, you could actually kind of like pick up in a store at some point uh, all the way to something like vintage super rare whatever it is could be like a rolex bubble bag from 1950 mm -hmm. whatever or 60 whatever it is or you you see your next grail you pick up uh, a polar and say oh my god <laughs> i love this one this is my next grail or I that pick it happen. up in person and don't like it as much compared to something else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, which, which is super interesting because um, I'm I'm one of I'm I think everyone agrees with this, but I'm a huge believer that you don't know a watch until you actually pick it up and try it on in person. Case in point, again, this Nomos. I was very concerned about size and everything, but then in person, it's actually great. Or on the flip side, um, the Black Bay GMT, to your point, which I briefly, briefly owned last year because I just absolutely loved the look of it. But then once I got it and put it on, it was just too big and too thick and it just mm. wasn't comfortable. And and yeah, so had I had a chance to try it on before, maybe, you know, I wouldn't have picked it up. I guess that's the one thing with um, with with Gakota watches is that because we are e-commerce, it is very it's quite a very hard way to target um, watch lovers with it because there's no way you can go in and just, you know, into one of these shops and just say, oh, do you have one of these in stock that I can just have a look at or to get a feel for it or the size? And so I, th I guess that makes my job harder in a way because <laughs> I want to try and show people and, you know, the closest thing that this is what you're going to get you know it's, it's more pressure on you because uh, probably the sale yeah, depends on yeah. the image more than um the actual characteristics of the watch yeah <laughs> yeah definitely i mean at the end of the day if people like the design up uh, and they see it in shots and the watch is represented properly i think it's uh, there shouldn't be any pressure like and I, I think I think there's also something to be said about if you look at the the fashion industry, right? When they're showing products on a model, a lot of places will say, you know, like Max is 
uh, six foot one, 200 pounds of muscle. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just to give a, a sense of... You're describing me so well. <laughs> I'm actually just six foot, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> but just to give a sense of scale. So, you know, maybe saying uh, the watch is shown on someone who has a whatever centimeter wrist or, you know, uh, just get to give people a, a sense, an idea of how it would look on them if they're aware yeah. of how big their wrist is, for instance. Which is also one of the funniest thing of this hobby. I don't think there's any other place <laughs> where you can ask people how big their wrist. <laughs> but but it's also it's also uh, something which doesn't necessarily translate well, because um, I'm always getting the question, even if I post a shot where say the day just looks small, and uh, people uh, ask me, oh, what what's your wrist size? And say, oh, but it looks so small for a 41. I think it's uh, that misconception of a 41 or something 40 plus needs to look bigger than it actually is. And if you think about it, a six digit uh, Submariner is 40. Uh, then the date, just, the date just is 41. You don't see that one millimeter in diameter. Like there's no way yeah. Uh, you put them side by side and one looks bigger than the other. Okay, maybe because of the dial color or something like that, but it's there's no way you get a clear uh, um, picture of uh, the size based on... Uh, even if if even if even it's based on... If you see the wrist sizes, oh, it's whatever it is, five inches. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a small wrist, but the watch looks so small. But then you, it depends on the angle. It depends on so many things. That sounded so weird. Like, I think I lost yeah. my point at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to be back on whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I think last episode was uh, was pretty pretty weird for me because I, I didn't drink. I did uh, coffee. And now since I'm back, <laughs> I kind of like lose my ideas and I'm talking like completely off subject, <laughs> off topic. I just avoid alcohol completely because I'm a bit of a lightweight. So uh, I stay away from the alcohol. <laughs> Keeps me centered. I feel like if I drank coffee, I'd be like Max right now because I never do. And the odd times that I do, my hands are shaking and I just have so much energy. I can't think straight. You can use a tripod for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Tripod remote. <laughs> Welcome to my life. If I have to handhold, yeah. <laughs> it's like an earthquake. <laughs> shutter speed one over eight thousand just to get a clear shot good it pushes pushes you out your comfort exactly. zone i don't have a comfort zone <laughs> my, my life is a big zone without any comfort in it alex you, alice you thought you were going to bring the awkwardness to the show <laughs> oh wait wait did that sound awkward? I I, am I thinking thing. out loud right now? <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's funny. I have to be serious now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, Max, Max has this amazing ability to switch like super fast. Sort of like Jekyll and Hyde or... Exactly. Hulk and uh, Dr. Banner, please. We're, we're in the um, uh, Marvel Universe yeah. now. Have you guys seen uh, Endgame? Yeah. I'm really not a big... Oh, I'm going to get hated on. I'm not a big fan of comic stuff, which is strange. I'm because not I, either. 
all my stuff outside of work is focused on Nintendos and video games and things like that. But yeah, I just not a big fan. Bit tacky, bit cheesy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I'm I'm the same. I didn't I never grew up on comics. I mean I grew up in Europe. There was no such thing as at least for me, there was no such thing as uh like the the Avengers comics and so on and so forth. But these movies have just been really, really well made and just really entertaining. So I'll have to watch them then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just as, as pure films, they're really well done. And Game of Thrones? Uh, do you guys watch Game of Thrones? Yes. I've watched about three episodes. <laughs> I sound really bad again. I've watched about three episodes, so <laughs> and everybody keeps telling me I need to watch it. So it's another one that's actually on the top of my list to actually just watch. <laughs> So, so my favorite part of Game of Thrones is actually the evolution of uh, cinemato- uh, cinematography. Uh, if you watch the first couple seasons, then you can clearly tell that their budgets were mm, kind of like, eh. Bit iffy. Uh, uh, no special effects or very mediocre executed. I mean, they were fine, but like compared to Hollywood standards, they were bad. But now... Uh, when the show picked up so well and then uh, 10 years later you watched i think the latest one with the battle the battle of winterfell that's kind of there was like pure one hour of cinematography awesomeness it's if even if people don't like the story uh just watch just watch for the for the visuals for the for the visual storytelling i think it was very very well done I mean, that's why I tend to like TV shows and movies. It's it's not always the actual story or the actors. It's more down to the cinematography in it because, you know, just watching how they capture some of these moments is, is incredible. Yeah, and it, there's a lot to learn from um, from cinema and from, from video. Like uh, the play of light, uh, the feeling they try to evoke... Uh, with uh, with the lighting and cinema is very very. I mean, it's, it's photography, but it's uh, uh, it's different because you have sound, you have uh, movement, but it's it translates so well. So if if you say you look at whatever it is, a movie which they um, kind of like capture all the highlights, they they expose for the highlights, and then you see characters like all the way in the shadow, like you barely see their faces. And it's like, oh, I should try that for a shot, whatever it is, street photography, mm. uh, product photography, whatever it is. And you, and if you get that kind of mood in your shot, you're like, oh, this actually works. Yeah, yeah. it's always fun to experiment for sure. Definitely. I think nowadays, since I started working for Watch Gecko, I, whenever I watch things, if somebody's wearing a watch, I'm instantly like just focused on that, thinking <laughs> what are they wearing? I need to figure out what they're wearing. It doesn't matter what I'm, what I'm watching. So, <laughs> And it, get, it gets worse. You'll judge people ba- based, on, uh, based on what they're wearing. <laughs> start doing it in the you, you'll, notice, you'll notice the watch first and then anything. You, don't, you have no idea if it's a woman or a man. You'll oh. just notice the watch like... <laughs> <laughs> Who wears that hublot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too 
too big for me. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of watches out in the world that are wearing humans. Watches control yeah. the universe. <laughs> it's no longer the other way around. <laughs> so I think it's something like the Terminator uh, watch, uh, the watch edition. <laughs> Instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger coming after you, there's a Tudor Black Bay GMT that you have to strap on. Yeah, they're equally equally as big. <laughs> How cool would be a, a GMT in a 58 format? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> yes. I'm all for that, too. I think this this their emergency model they have to bring out. If for some reason Tudor goes bankrupt, they have that stashed away somewhere. And oh, we'll just put this out. Plan B. So to, just to start wrapping up here, um, you know, is there, what would you say to someone that is interested in kind of pursuing a, a career in product photography like you're doing or someone that it loves watches and wants to get into a career photographing watches? What, what kind of tips would you have? I think mostly just practice. It's really all about practice. So every opportunity you get, just carry a camera around with you, photograph, even if it's not just watches, photograph everything around you, find what works for you and what equipment you prefer to use. Um, I mean, Definitely invest maybe in a macro lens if it's something you're really interested in. And use diffusers. Diffusers and paper have literally been my lifesaver <laughs> working in watch photography. So anything that can help get rid of any sh unwanted shadows or... Cool. So yeah, practice makes perfect, I guess. Too true. Do you have anything um, that you're looking forward to? in terms of uh, watches? I know we just touched on the 58 GMT. That would be great. But is there anything that you want to put out there in the universe that you'd like to see happen? Mm, that's a difficult question. I think mainly because like my, my all-time favorite watch I have seen in person. So I haven't had anything to really, any other watch that I would think, oh, if this was a little bit smaller or... Um, I've only had, I've, well, I've only had the opportunity to photograph the Explorer 2, the black version. Um, and I haven't seen the white one in the flesh. So I'd really, I'd really like that. But it, it, again, it'd probably be too big. I'd love something like that, a little smaller, maybe a bit thinner. <laughs> but then again, that's, that's coming from a female perspective as well. So. <laughs> All right. That's an important perspective, I think. I think as a designer, when you when you are creating a product, you have to think think about your target demographic, and sometimes your target demographic is the female perspective, right? So that's important to hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Well, on, I think on that note, we can start wrapping up. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Alice. This was really fun. Uh, great to hear more about your background, your story, and about Watch Gecko. Can't wait to see what you guys have in store. Um, Thank yeah, you. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sorry about my um my awkward self. What what oh, awkward God, self? No. Like <laughs> I, I think Max went up to you on this one. Yep. <laughs> the price oh, for I awkwardness goes on. to me for this episode. Thank you very much. Thank you. I like to thank the producers of the show. I like to thank God, and I like to thank uh, YouTube for uh, making this. Oh, sorry, we're not on YouTube. 
Shit, uh, Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, Instagram. Let's thank Instagram. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, God. Cool. Well, thanks again, guys, so much. Thank you. And thank we'll you. catch you on the next one. Yeah. See you soon. <laughs> See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. And also, please leave us a review. Thank you and catch you on the next one.